Bump and Run with Bernie and Dalby. Presented by Burrito Express, your local burrito joint. Now, here's Brett Bernheisel and Steve Dalby. All right, we've done it. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. This is show five, Dalby. Five. The Vegas line on this show was four. We've made it to five. I don't know how we've done we've it. We've gone over. We've done it. We've gone over. You know what? From a gambling perspective, yes, the over has hit. That's um, it. I can say that. So, I can't yeah, say much about gambling on the PGA Tour, but I can say that we went over for the shows. Yeah. Well, I can say whatever I want because I'm not legally obligated to be, you know, that guy. But okay. You haven't, uh, you haven't taken the class. You haven't taken the integrity class of the PGA Tour. I have. <laughs> and you know what? There's probably yes. a really good chance. There's probably a really good chance that I'll never take that. That, that 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 class i'll that'll be one of those that i'll skip um going forward in my life at 54 years old i don't i don't anticipate me doing it at 55 60 so i i think whatever you tell me happens on that test or that class or whatever i'll just trust your trust you and uh, go with that there's no comeback of bernie caddying no. on the pga there's no comeback no the would only thing ever? that bernie the, 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 would you ever would I ever come back? Uh -huh. um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe. I mean, we saw Monday Q. He he caddied for the first time in his life on the PGA Tour. Stole a bib, which, you know, I've stole a bib once before. <laughs> stole a bib. His guy made the cut. It was one of the coolest. Real quick, and before we get on with what we're going to talk about, following his Twitter account this week, Monday Q Info, was one of the you felt like you were on a journey with him because mark baldwin monday qualified the guy and by the way we talked about it last week the guy didn't miss an 18 inch putt he missed a 12 inch putt and dalby he marked it before he missed it so it oh. wasn't one of those rush 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 things he marked it then missed it and uh monday q info and mark baldwin got through uh the qualifying made the cut just watching his journey, you know, through his blog and th and stuff like that through the week was a really cool thing. Um, and the Barracuda Championship came out because he, he came out on, on Twitter on like Tuesday or something and said, just so you know, I'm stealing this bib. And the Barracuda <laughs> Championship responded with, we will have security turn the other way. And when the tournament was over, he took a picture of the, fla of the, uh, the bib and said, I forgot to give it back, and they said no problem. Can you bring it back next year? So oh, that was a pretty fun. cool. Good for them. That was a pretty cool. Yeah, that was a pretty cool thing. What I know you watched, and you usually don't watch a lot of golf, as we always talk about on this on this program. The golf coming down the stretch, and I, I, I want to start with the fact being timed. These players are allowed forty seconds per shot, fifty seconds if you're the first person to be on the tee, par three, or hitting a driver or whatever. And DeChambeau, Harris English, and Harris English had this tournament locked, locked, sealed, delivered, call it a day, let's move on. And Bryson had some issues, um, almost hit it out of bounds next to a fence. They got a hole and a half behind or maybe even, well, they said a hole and a half. Do you think... And, and, and English came out and said, I got rushed on the par three. He made two doubles on a par threes coming down the stretch when he hit that, what well, looked like my cut shot that started right and went right 40 yards in the water. Give me your thoughts on penalizing a player for playing too slow. Well, I think in that case, and, and I don't... Is Harris normally slow? That's my. He's not fast. I don't really know. He's not fast. He's he's not fast. Oh, okay. It'd be interesting to see how many bad times he's had because we, you know, we know part of Bryson's history uh, is that he was very slow. I think he's getting better, but he was he he's, he was very slow, and I think 
yesterday, things got extremely slow. So penalty, um, <coughs> yeah, I think penalty is good. Um, if you're slow, if you miss your time, if it's just, if you're way behind, yeah, a penalty. But in Harris's case, he would have been better off taking the penalty. You see what I'm getting at? Wow. He would have been, he wow. would have been better off. He would have been better off continuing with his game and take the penalty. Cause I mean, it was a shit show, right? I mean, this was bad yeah. golf. And if it was bad golf caused by slow play, then yeah, I, I would say for him, cause I certainly didn't hear that he got a bad time Thursday through Saturday. He might've, but I didn't hear that. So if that's the case, you know, maybe yesterday just there was a craziness, but I would say for, for him, play your game, you know, and if you're, if you're two, if you're a hole and a half behind, um, play your game and then go in and argue that it was Bryson's fault. It's the other guy's fault. It's not my fault. It's the other guy's fault. Right. So pen penalize him. Don't penalize me. But maybe if he would have, you know, maybe a, a shot penalty would have been okay if he would have stayed in his game and, and played better. Now, you know, this is all just me talking, but but it's just you never you never know. This well, is how I almost 20, got 20. This is how I, I almost I, I, got I, I thrown out. 2020. Go ahead. I'll let, you, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. This is, I almost got thrown out of Augusta National one year at the Masters. Um, I was there with Sean O'Hare, who we're going to talk about a little later. And mm -hmm. I can't remember what day it was. It was day three or day four. It was maybe day three. He was playing well. And he played with somebody, and it wasn't Bryson, but let's say it was somebody that was very slow. Cannot remember. So, Kevin Naw. They're on. There wasn't Naw. He's on the clock. They're on the clock, and they've got people, whatever. And I can tell it's the other guy. So we're going down ten, and I get out my phone. To time them. Uh oh, uh oh. Right. So I start kind of timing the 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 guys. Right. They, I I think it was second shot on ten. I time how long it takes Sean. No problem. Time the other guy. It wasn't a problem, but I'm timing. And then I get to eleven. I go to the T, kind of time them. I start walking down eleven down the right, and all of a sudden I have half a dozen security. Who are you? What are you doing? We need your phone. You, you know, and, and I literally had to talk myself out of getting thrown out of the Augusta National. True. But what I that, was trying to do is the. Yeah, it's not a good a thing story. to bring your. That's not a good thing to bring your phone out at Augusta National. I mean, I, I, they probably still have my name. I might be on a. You know, who knows? I might be on the watch list. But um, what I was trying to do was get some times so that in the case there was a penalty that there was some some you know some some uh information that you know maybe could have been given to the committee so, i mean but there you go. i wasn't calling it's, it's, you i was you know i was trying to time tell you, but man it was it was interesting i mean literally people what are you doing you know what's your name blah 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 so yeah it was interesting did you have an egg salad sandwich with you at the time no, but that's my sandwich of choice at Augusta National. That's better than the pimento and cheese. I don't. Yeah, I've never tried the. Yeah, I don't. I just the, the the thought of that pimento cheese doesn't doesn't bode well for me. And I grew up in Wisconsin. You know, I, I like my cheese, but the pimento cheese just doesn't 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 do it. So I go Clock egg salad sandwich. Clock still hasn't moved, by the way. No. Can we can we turn the clock next week? Just turn it to let people know that maybe it well, does work. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I and I know you're kidding about this, but maybe you're not. So let's dive into this even further. Honestly, you would have taken a one-shot penalty. I would have stayed. I would have recommended to my player if I knew my player and if it was you, may and I don't know. You're you tell me from the caddy perspective, but I would have told my player this is not your fault. You know, your times are fine. I know they are. 
um, you stick to your guns and then we'll deal with it after. Because it, it obviously affected him. I mean. Well, that's the problem, I, right? Just, he, just because, he said he had a run. You know, he said he was running between between shots, was, you know. But the thing is, they weren't catching up any ground. The, the group in front of him was leaving him in the dust even still. So, I mean, what's I, I get your, your, your call. What's the point? But, I mean, I, running to a tee, you know, you, you have a three-shot lead. And all of a sudden, they're like, all right, you know what? Let's stop. Uh, you get a one-shot penalty, each of you, and uh, continue. Now, they, I think they combined shot, if I'm not wrong, 81 on the back nine. I mean, you talked about, like, nobody, you know, the, the golf was shit, and it was shit at the end. I mean, you can't take anything away from Manser for winning, the, you know, his first tournament ever is a, on the PGA Tour. You know, he's top 12 in the world now or whatever he might be. But it just looked like a guy that was completely locked in. And I think, and I don't, and I don't, and, I, and I'm not, and, and we all know I'm not a big Bryson fan, but I don't think he did it on purpose. I mean, he didn't try to hit it, you know, one inch away from hitting out of bounds and all of a sudden, you know, try to do this, you know, uh, miraculous recovery and it, it took forever and, you know, stuff like that. You, you, you take 10 minutes or eight minutes or 15 minutes or whatever on a shot like that next to the fence, you're going to fall behind. And, these tour pros are in such a, as you call it, Steve, a routine that they're used to playing at this pace, this pace, this pace, that if the group in front of you, you know, gets a little faster, you're never going to catch up. Right. 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 And then that's the, that's the thing, even with the pressure to, to, to try to catch up. I, you know, like you said, they didn't, they didn't catch up. They probably were two holes behind by the end anyway. And, and part of it, back to what I'm saying is, I, I'm not trying to promote slow play by any means, but Please play don't. your game, play your game so that you hit decent shots too, because you're going to play slower if, you know, like if you're English, you make double on both par threes, hitting them in the water. Uh, you make a mess on the 16th, which is easy hole, um, easy par five. So, you know, he had 40 on the back and, and then, and then Bryson follows on 11, follows Harris into the water, which from a standpoint of, of trying to catch the guy you're trying to chase down, you just have been given an opportunity and then you make a mistake. So, um, yeah, it's not that I'm promoting slow play. I'm just saying a professional golfer, like you say, is they have a rhythm. And if you get thrown off that rhythm, which obviously I think it affected Harris probably more than Bryson. I think Bryson just played awful. And it is interesting. Remember the U.S. Open up, up at Torrey, the last nine holes? He kind of mm -hmm. was had had a chance and 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 shot a million. He did it again. So, you know, what's going on with, with, with Bryson coming down the stretch here? Um, it's, it's interesting. But, yeah, you don't want to play. I think you want to play your pace. I think in, in the case yesterday, it just they were trying maybe. I don't know about Bryson, but I think Harris was trying to hustle, and it threw him off. Well, I mean, when, when a tour official is waiting for you on a tee box, you know that he's not there to say, you know, how's everything going? What's good with the wife? What's good with the kids? It, you, you know, when you see a tour official on the following tee, that something is not right. And, right. you know, and, and, and that's what happened. Now, he can blame it all he wants on, you know, that. And I'm not, I mean, he's had Harris English by far. I mean, if he'd have won this tournament this week, I, there's no way he's not player of the year, whether he wins the right. FedEx Cup or not. And that's just my opinion. But, when he hits the shot in the water on 13 or whatever it was, the second part of three, Dolby, that shot, honestly, that looked like that looked like me coming to you in a range session at Phoenix Country Club with not warming up, and that would have been my, my third swing of the day because not only did it start right of the flag hitting a cut, it landed 30 yards in the middle of the water. So I get what you're saying about taking the penalty. It's never going to happen. If, if that happens then I can do a whole show or you and I can do a whole show 
on, you know, why he shouldn't have or whatever. But that's that's left at a flag, 170 yards, 30 feet, two putt. Let's move on and go win the golf tournament. Instead, it was that that cut, push, whatever I hit, shank, half shank or whatever, into the middle of the lake. I just, I, I yeah. as a tour professional, I think that that. And it could be it could be caddy here too. It could be caddy here. I'll blame you know I, I don't I'm a caddy former caddy, but that that shot should have been left of the flag, thirty feet behind the hole. Let's move on and 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 go in the golf tournament. Oh yeah, and that that's the thing on on the fourteenth hole, the par three down the hill. It is a an Sorry, intimidating 14. shot. It's an intimidating shot. It's a long shot down the hill, but you have you can play to the front left fringe and then and then go up the up the green and it's it's fine um you know it might be a back right pin placement but if you're if you're just not if you're just not right and and you know bernie you know if you're if you're on the bag and you know your player's not quite right maybe there is a okay well let's go over here and then putt up the hill or chip up the hill and then and then go from there because i mean that was an that was an awful shot but it's it's interesting with harris since the beginning of, of, of May, and he's, he's had a win, he's had a third, he just had a fourth. But at the Wells Fargo Championship on Sunday, 74, um, PGA Championship, be it 72, it was, you know, that's a major, so the golf course is playing hard. But that, and then remember in um, the tournament in South Carolina, the Palmetto, he had mm-hmm. that tournament and shot. 74 the last day to to lose the golf tournament so as well as harris is playing there is occasionally this uh, you know maybe not quite getting it done on 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 sunday so you know at the travelers he shot 65 on sunday and we saw him you know in the in the playoff and that was that was great but i'm just saying there have been some some tough sundays as well um so yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's 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 interesting with Harris, and then it's interesting just with Bryson. These last, you know, when I do, I point out the 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 U.S. Open kind of the blow up, and then and then yesterday was, you know, that was just dumb. That was just dumb. One of your favorite players won the Olympics this week, Nelly Corda. It's really cool, and I didn't watch a lot of it. I did watch the last. I tried to watch the last three or four holes, and then they had the rain delay, and I. I switched over and then I I didn't know it was only going to be like a 15 or 20 minute delay and I come back and they're on 18 but the U.S. gets two victories this year at the Olympics and I know I know you were excited for that I I, I know that you you watched the, the women's because because of Nelly I know you're you're a big fan of the, of the Cordes sisters I, I am and I think it's interesting because of the family you know you've got the dad who won the Australian Peter. Open in tennis uh, the mom, I think, was a tennis player. The little brother is a is an up and coming tennis player, and then obviously you have the two sisters. But you know, Bernie Nellie's got to be your hero. She plays fast. There's no, you know, there's no the the she's waiting to hit, and the ball's up in the air, and she's ready to go. I mean, she's she's. Uh, you know, like Lee Trevino used to be, you know, Trevino was fast. He would be, you know, the ball wasn't even down from the playing partner and he's getting ready to hit. That's, that's Nellie Corda. So she's the opposite of, of what happened um, on, on Sunday. Uh, and the one thing that I like a lot about her game is that she has power but she has this great swing. I, you asked me, and I, you asked me, you know, who do I think has the best swing in golf? And I think back years ago, Ben Hogan was asked who had the best swing at the time. And he answered Mickey Wright. And yep. I don't know, Bernie, have you ever seen Mickey Wright swing? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm old enough that I've seen. Yeah, it's it's really good. And then if you haven't seen Mickey Wright swing in that era, uh, you know when she played, that that was a swing. And I, you know, Hogan Hogan was probably right. She probably had the best swing in golf, um, and that's pretty strong coming from Ben Hogan. I think Ben Hogan would like 
Nellie Corda's golf swing a lot. And so it's I, I, I think it's very fun to watch her play um, because she has power, but she's also precise where I think sometimes on the PGA Tour, it's become this, you know, bomb and gouge game. And, you know, uh, more power to Bryson for, for, for bringing power into the game, but God almighty, sometimes it's sloppy. And um, watching the ladies the other day, um, there wasn't sloppy golf. It was, it was good. It was good, solid golf all the way around. So yeah, I I enjoyed watching the, the ladies play. When you look at, when you look at players, whether it's the LPGA, PGA, or whatever tour it might be, do you, always look at the swing that player possesses as far as like teachability or is it, you know, I mean, a guy could have a, a player could have a awkward swing, whether it's a Matthew Wolf or a John Ron that takes it back, maybe even shorter than I do. Or do you look at the complete package before like assessing what your views and takes are on that player? Yeah, I think I look at every player and looking at every player, how they play the game is probably the most important. So um, like a Matt Wolf, for example, um, and understanding what his coach is trying to do. So Matt Wolf has a unique swing, you know, he takes it, it's outside, then he drops it. And then he rotates his body like heck. That's what his coach, that's George Gankus, that's that's what he talks about. Um, maybe not so much the takeaway, uh, but but that's kind of the things that he talks about. So I understand, you know, I, I can I, I I can understand why Matthew Wolf does it the way he does it. Um, and, and but but I yeah I always look at swings, um, and it's fun to see a game and a swing that I guess kind of match up, like you're talking about, you know, and we talk about, I, I mentioned Trevino, uh, you know, some say Trevino had a great, great swing. Others would say, you know, it was kind of a, a different swing. Um, there's, he got it done. You know, it might not have looked as pretty as Tom Weisskopf's swing back in that era. Sure. Players probably, you know, probably would have loved to have Tom Weisskopf's swing in that era, but he got it done. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, I always look at swings and I think, wow, you know, what could be, what could be changed, but you have to admire with each player, um, what their swings can do each player on the PGA tour or the LPGA tour, or the European tour, um, you know, they're all out there and it's hard. And, and, um, but, but with Nelly Corda, it's like, it's just a, it's a, it's an awesome golf swing that produces really good golf and, and, um, I think she's probably at 23 years old. She's got a nice run here, hopefully, and maybe is the the face of the of the game for a few years. And and it's 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 in my mind, it's nice to have that golf swing be something that we all can look at and and maybe compare ourselves to because it's just uh, you know it's it's just like Ben Hogan would talk about Mickey Wright. It's just a swing that yeah. you know, we all should take a look at and and, and admire. Okay, so I'm gonna so we're gonna keep on this subject for a second because, and I know personally you've told me, and I'm not gonna name players or anything like that. I know players have come up to you that have have, have said, and and I've talked about Sean O'Hare swing, mm-hmm. and congratulations by the way to Sean O'Hare this week finishing ninth at the Barracuda. He gets in the Wyndham Championships this week. He still has that chance at, at what we called last week lightning in a bottle to keep his card. Uh, worst case scenario, he goes to the Corn Ferry Finals and can get it that way. The players have come to you and said, hey, this swing that you've helped Troy, or uh, I'm sorry, Sean build or whatever is the swing that I want. How hard is it from a coach's perspective to be able to change somebody's swing to emulate like a Sean O'Hare? I know you have a bunch of players and I know they're each different, but can you... Or will you take somebody's swing and try to perfect what somebody else's swing looks like? You know, that's a good question, Bernie, because and, and it's something that I've thought about 
and when I started, I worked for Golf Digest schools, and, and then I was hired at True North. Um, and at True North, I had this this room, this studio, and um, that's where I met Sean when he was, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. And we would go inside this, this studio and video, it was all video. And um, it was about making a swing that worked, but it, in a way it was also making a swing um, kind of based off some <clears throat> some ideas I had about what a golf swing should look like. So that, you know, I draw a line on the, I remember I draw a line with a, a Sharpie marker, you know, a dry erase marker on a TV screen, and we'd put his swing up there <clears throat> and there'd be certain spots we'd be trying to, to hit. And, you know, inside is a great way to work on sort of the positions of your swing. Uh, and with Sean, and <clears throat> I've seen his swing, um, some video of his swing. I have some when he was, oh, uh, say 15 years old. It was really, really good. Um, and it was, it produced good results, but it also had a very, um, it had a, it was, it was a swing that you'd, you'd want to have. And then over time, Sean has changed his swing. I think right now he's swinging at it very, very nicely and, and sort of positionally, it, and in my mind, I kind of have for each player kind of the positions that I would want them in. Okay, so, you know, I'd like the club here at takeaway. I'd like the club up here at the top. I want it in a position, you know, there's kind of these parameters that are, that are kind of in my mind perfect. That doesn't always mean with each player that I have that we go there because I, I've kind of got a little bit away from just being in the studio and being more on the golf course and thinking more about how does each player play the best golf based on kind of what we find. Um, none of my players' swings look the same, I guess. And, and I think about that because it would be, and I don't have, I, I, I wish I did have that room a little bit just to, um, or maybe a little more technology than I use sometimes just to see about, you know, what would my, what my, my player's swings look like. And, but the, for the most part, my player's swings look different. I'm one of your players. Does my swing, swing look different. like, does my swing look like anybody that you've ever taught before ever? Because my game sucks, dude. It, I mean, my game, yeah. I hit it. So I played last week in the Tuesday match, okay, at Talking Stick, which maybe wasn't in the best shape. But I hit a, I hit a sand wedge from 105 yards out of bounds. And I don't think that's really what the sand wedge is intended for. I mean, my, my swing, my game, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's, I think it's all mental. Yeah, I think it's all mental right now, but my game is, I mean, I, I, I had an unplayable lie in the first hole, and then I hit a sand wedge out of bounds on number two. I started off double-double, uh, and uh, from there it was whew, right down the hill. And I'm in Bernie's bunker, what? by the way. You still have a name to your place, right? No, I'm still thinking about it. Very, yeah, thinking about it a lot. Um, was it was it the par five, the second hole, the talking stick? Yeah. With yeah, the fence up on okay the Okay, drive. Okay. Yeah, fence, uh, reservation. Yeah, I had a perfect I, – well, I didn't say perfect drive. I kind of heel cut it probably about 260 out there then, then smoked okay. a, a smoked a hybrid down there about 105 and then uh, dead pulled it right out of bounds into the lumber yard. Terrible. You have no answer. I knew you wouldn't. No, I'm thinking yeah, because I mean that might that might no that one might be a little bit on me because I mean and and what I'm going to say about that is trying to get you to release the golf club right trying to get you to come through right. it and hit more draws that's what we've kind of talked about because you do have kind of a your swing is a little more on sort of the flat side coming down or coming from the inside sure so. With that, I'd like some release so that you could hit a draw. Um, so I would say, you know, if you were going to blame anybody, and in golf you don't want to blame yourself, you would blame the fact that we've talked about your release a little bit and you overcooked it. So, you know, in that case, did you hit it solid, the wedge? 
Yeah, it probably went about 130 yards. Yeah, so it, I mean, you forever. over. I mean, it was. And, you, oh, it was over. It, it landed you, on. And anybody that lives in the valley, and we we're, were playing talking stick. It, it landed like close closer to the 101 than it did uh, the flag. I mean, it was it was yeah. god awful. And then and then I'm playing with uh, our good friend Adam, and he and and, and a friend of his, uh, Coop, and they thought I was hitting a practice ball. And I'm like, nope, drop the ball. By the way, but and I'm gonna get off this. By the way, I played with a guy on Tuesday last week. Um, he's 80 years old. 80. Okay, shot 78, and it was the easiest 78 you've ever seen That's in your nice. entire life. Yeah, hits it right down the middle, about 245, 250. Hits the second shot up, middle of the green, two putts, and just move. I mean, it, it was it was really cool. And I'd never met the guy in my life, and I got paired with, I got paired with him and had to ride in the cart. I let him drive the cart because he's older, of course, and that's just who I am. But he, uh, he I'm like, how many times you shot your age? I don't know, a lot. And he just went out, shot 78. I think I shot, I don't know, 108. And uh, it was pretty cool. I've never seen anybody ever shoot their age before, but that was, uh, that was really cool. Um, this is a big week, the Wyndham. We talked about O'Hare getting in. Uh, I know uh, Chris Schubert has the, uh, the 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 stats up there. It's also a big week on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the final event this year, uh, regular season. It's been going on for two years now since COVID last year. The top 25 get their cards on the KFT Tour. Um, a lot of things are happening on the uh, on the regular tour, and, and a lot of people probably don't know this. The top 125 get their cards for next year. The top 126 to 150 get conditional status after and it goes it so it goes regular tour uh the, the players off the corn ferry tour uh that they, they get the, the 50 cards there and then it's the players after that they get they get conditional status um so it's all like a ranking system but also on the corn ferry tour um anybody from 26 that doesn't get their card to 70 get to go to the corn ferry tour finals now, the players on the regular tour from 126 to 200 immediately go to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals, which begin not this week, but next week, for an opportunity to get one of those available 25 carts. There's a lot of pressure this week on some of these guys, Dalby. Well, and that's where I think, in a way, la yesterday, it was more interesting to watch the Barracuda Championship I, because they're already, they're already talking about the the FedEx points and where are you and and so for a guy like Scott Piercy who was trying to win that tournament yesterday and Scott Piercy was a guy I don't know four or five years ago that that seemed like in every major he was kind of right there through three days mm -hmm. um, he hasn't been playing his best golf um, he was playing well this week uh, and he worked himself up right now now he is the bubble guy he's 126. Um, so he's got some work to do this week in Greensboro because, you know, 126, he's, he needs to, he needs to get over the top, um, whether, whether he has some way of getting back on the tour, you know, past champion stats or whatever, he want to get in the playoffs. So at 126, he needs to play well this week to go up and over. And so, yeah, this top, well, top 125 list, there's some guys, um, you know, 120 is CT Pan, uh, 122 is Ryan Armour, uh, 23 is Patrick Rogers. Then you've got Matt Kuchar, uh, Bo Hogue. And, and so you've got Nate Lashley at 127. Now he won, when did he win Detroit? Uh, I think his, I think this is the end of his, his deal here. I think so, this. I think this is the end of his exemption. I think. Because explain you, you what happens when you win. Okay, so when you win on the PGA Tour, you get a two-year exemption plus the rest of that year. So, like, if you win early in the season, it's basically like three years. But you get the rest of the year that you won plus the following two years uh, to to keep your 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 card. Um, and the and the reason I the reason I brought this up is is I looked at like you've talked about like Kuchar. When's the last time that Kuchar didn't make the F FedEx Cup playoffs? When's uh, right? 
you know, you you look at you look at some of these players, and I, and I and I and I'm. You can take and don't get me wrong. I love Troy Merritt, you know, but I don't. Seventy six. Those I'm watching. I'm watching guys that are one eighteen to one forty. I'm watching guys on the Corn Ferry Tour from twenty three to to the forty to to whatever to be able to because whether you whether you finish one twenty five and and better, you get your card. But the guys from one twenty six to one fifty still have an opportunity, especially the way the PGA Tour is nowadays, to be able to get into 10, 12, 14 events. So you still have some kind of status. Now, I know that, you know, we talked about O'Hare being in the 170 right now or whatever he might be after his ninth. He's going to get, whether he whether he doesn't get his top 125 tour card or whether he misses at, at Corn Ferry Finals, He's still going to have an opportunity, probably the way the way this thing runs nowadays, to probably, and maybe I'm wrong, Steve, and you can tell me, get in at least eight to ten events next year. I would think so. Yeah, with past champion status, but it is the thing about past champion status. I mean, it's great to be a past champion if you if you win a PGA Tour event, and you're you know you always have some kind of status. Um, but you don't always know. You don't always know exactly when you're going to get in. You can go back and look sure. at last year and, and and see. But you can't build your schedule. So it is important to be in that 125. Um, so Nate Lashley won. Uh, let's Bernie will say won July of 2019. So oh, he would fine. have the rest of night. He would have the rest of 19. Then last year, and then Ooh. this year, right? But isn't 2021 considered one year? Or is that only on the Corn no. Ferry tour? Yeah, only on the Corn Ferry. It's not a wraparound. So then so so the his so his so so, so he his, at, so he at 127 could be in jeopardy right now. He better play yeah, well this he, week, he could I guess be. is what we're gonna say. So so it is and now so everybody now this this week it is it is the Greensboro, you know, it's the only event on the PJ tour. There's not an opposite um field event. But this week, Greensboro, it is exciting to watch. I'll watch on Sunday. You know when they're flashing where the where the FedEx thing is. And yeah. They'll have the bubbles. I mean, it's 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 interesting. Why um, why didn't Troy play this? Why well, Troy's not playing Greensboro? Uh, he's on the bubble. And Troy he's, isn't. He's definitely in. He's 69th, 70th, whatever he might be right now. Why is is he not playing? Because of playing too <clears throat> excuse me too many weeks in a row. Um, doesn't like the golf course, uh, wants to get ready for the playoffs, thinks it's better to spend a week at home with the family and then get ready. I mean, thought, logic. Yeah, so there's – so um, he started the week at 67 on the FedEx. He did choose to play at, at, at in Reno or Tahoe. Um, the last two seasons he's had good luck in, in, the, in the tournament. It was runner-up both seasons, so the – the thought process from there is to go to a course that you've had some success on. He, it's, it's not that he doesn't like the golf course in Greensboro. He hasn't had much success there. So um, we were kind of hoping he'd go to Reno top 10, maybe sneak up to 60, you know, on the FedEx list or, or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it was his turn to win this thing after two runners up. It didn't work out that way. Um, tied for 51st, I think, this week. So he did drop one spot. He's 68, so it'll be for 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 me or, or for him or for Wayno. Um, we'll just be kind of seeing where the where his number moves um, in terms of the top 70 because everybody's fighting to get in that top 125 this week at sure. Greensboro. Sure. But then the, the next week at Liberty National, the first playoff event, you've got 125 guys, and then the next or then the next tournament, the BMW, it's the top 70. So with Troy at 68, we kind of know he's going to be a bubble boy the week of Liberty National. So you know, you might say, well, why didn't he go to Greensboro? It was a situation where he has played a lot of golf. Um, little break isn't the worst thing in the world and we kind of were like okay which one are you going to take let's go take the one where you've had success and 
didn't work. You know, it's just the strategy makes sense, but it just didn't work. So sometimes that happens. And then you, um, then you can just kind of, you know, we'll watch and see. And, and um, it really now is just, okay, what can happen in that first tournament? Um, and with quadruple points in the FedEx, uh, there'll be a lot of movement in the, in, you know, in, in that first event. And the, and the goal is still, let's get to the tour championship. And sure. uh, that happened, you know, that happened a few years ago. I, I um, I started working again for I don't know what time with with Sean and I actually went to Greensboro. He had a and he was let's say 120 on the FedEx list. He had a good week and worked his way up a little bit. And then the first playoff event, he was runner up, um, and that was enough. Those two good tournaments were enough to get him to the Tour Championship, which there's a lot of benefit of getting to the Tour Championship. So that's a uh, that's always a goal. Your first goal is to keep your job, but then your next goal is to, I guess, get to the the tour championship. And then, you know, like the guy that that won at uh, Barracuda, um, Eric Van Royen, who Bernie, I know you're a very wow. big fan of. Jesus Eric. Christ! Uh, he went from 139 yeah. to 78, and that little snap hook he hit on the last hole worked out just fine, didn't it? You know, we've had. Uh... <laughs> And it's and just so everybody knows, everybody on TV calls him Adam Shank. His name is Adam Shink. Shink. Trust me, Dolby and I have had him on the show a couple of times, and we're going to have him back on our podcast here. He's a good guy. He's soon. a good guy. He's he's a really good guy, and his former coach at uh, at Purdue, Rob Bradley, is a very good friend of mine, and he actually worked for him for three or four weeks uh, during the summer. Um, Kip Henley's brother, who's been on our show, Brent, is now caddying for him. But Van Ruin comes at the last hole. And, and you know what? I mean, you can talk about strategy all you want. You can talk about good caddying, bad caddying, shitty caddying, whatever it might be. This guy comes to the last hole three points ahead. Three. Par four. I don't know how far it is. You can tell me, Steve. 500 yards, 480. I mean, they're playing in altitude, whatever it might be. All you have to do is make bogey or better, and you win this golf tournament. Okay, very simple. Hit a five iron down there. Hit a hit a seven iron. I don't lay it up eighty yard. I don't care. It doesn't matter. This guy comes <laughs> to the last hole, and this is the guy that, if you all remember, oh, probably a couple of months ago, three months ago, took a driver or an iron off a tee marker, blasted the tee marker. And the club snapped in half. I think it was at uh, at the Bear Trap, Nicholas's place. And the club almost hit a caddy right in the face. And then they had words later, but whatever. Um, all you have to do is lay it up. This guy hits this big snap hook. And I mean, when I talk about snap hook, this thing's going, this thing's going out of bounds for sure. And when you knock it out of bounds, you're, you're guaranteed to make at least double bogey, which is negative three points, would now put you in a, in a playoff position. And... It hits this random, well, I, I wouldn't say random, and there's a lot of trees in Reno or Truckee, wherever they're playing, and it comes back in the fairway, and then he knocks on the green and makes his 12-footer for birdie. And, he, and if you're a person that just, like, reads the newspaper the next day, which nobody even buys a newspaper, or reads it on the Internet, he wins by four or five points, and it's nothing. But nobody knows the drama that this ball, this ball, Steve, and you know it, was going out of bounds. He's making at least double. He's going in a playoff, but now he makes birdie in the last hole and wins the tournament comfortably. If you've a reading in the paper, yeah, no, and, and it, it was, it was a, and he even said worst shot of the week, and it was heading left. But uh, it is the winner always does seem like there's something good that happens for him. It happened on the last hole, or yeah, and you know, it, stuff. It just there's there's things that happen the week that you win. It seems like with all the guys and. Um, you know, I talk about Troy being runner-up uh, two years in a row. Morikawa, you know, birdies four of the last five holes the one year. And last year, Richie Wierwinski uh -huh. pitches in on the 16th hole and then birdies the 18th hole. Um, your guy, though, Adam, um, he started 113th, started the week at 113. And so if he didn't play well, let's say he missed the cut, he might have fell to 120th on the FedEx list. And then this week is very, very important. What he was able to do in, in Truckee was to go from 113th 
to 95th, even though he didn't have the, the last nine holes that he wanted by any means. Um, it just wasn't, wasn't his day. Uh, but he's 95th now, so he, he has a job for next year. He's going to be fully exempt. He's going to be able to make his schedule. So in some ways, he did what he needed to do when he, you know, when he, when he drove, drove over to, to, to Truckee, California. So congratulations uh, about that. Now you try to go from 95th to 23rd and you, you know you just never know what happens in these next couple of weeks for these guys so okay so let's let's do, do so you bring up adam and it's shink and it's that's how it's pronounced and and dalby knows that as well do you do you is it a free roll now i mean this this and this guy, real quick, and I'm, we're not going to talk about him, but this guy plays like 35 or 30. He plays the most tournaments of anybody in tour. Do you, do you this week just let the – and I – okay, so do you let do you just let it go? Or how about a Will Zalatoris this week who a lot of people don't understand? Here's a top 20 player in the world that his FedEx Cup ranking is zero because he's not a member of the PGA Tour because – He's he's never won a tournament. He came up from the Corn Ferry Tour, the KFT. He has to win this tournament to be able to get in the FedEx Cup playoffs, even though if he was a, a member of the tour, he'd be in the top 15 right now. Does he? Does a, a guy like that or a guy like Adam Schenk just all of a sudden tee up in the first hole and go, all right, wherever the flag is, just let me know we're hitting right at it? Or do you, do you play a different mindset? I mean, Zalatoris, I think, has to go win the tournament or he's out, or do you play like Shank and maybe try to pick up five or 10 spots, 15 spots, 20 spots by, you know, finishing 18th, 20th, instead of going for the victory? Yeah, I think, I think all of these guys will just continue to play their games and, and, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is going to try to drive every green, you know, humanly possible. Um, you know, Adam Shank might, I, I don't know his game. He, but, you know, it seems like he, pretty good off the tee, you know, so he's going to stick to his game plan, I would think, because um, his game plan works. I mean, you know, you say, well, gosh, he's 95th on the on the, the FedEx list. It's hard to be in that top 125. It's really hard. Um, so I think he can feel comfortable this week um, and maybe freewheel it a little bit. But uh, I would say it's more of, okay, okay, I'm, I, there's not as much pressure as there is on a guy – Scott Piercy this week, you know, who's 126. That's, you know, that's, that's pressure. Um, for Matt Kuchar. Okay, okay, I, okay, real quick. Let me, let me, let me interrupt you real quick. Do you, do you, do you, so a Piercy or, or somebody, let's just say a Patrick Rogers who's 23, 123. Uh-huh. The guys from, let's, the, let's say the guy from one, I'll just, I, and I don't even know if he met, 117 to, 123, 24, 25. Are you playing the week just to make the cut? I think if you're 117 to 125, the first thing you have to do is make the cut. And then once you make the cut, now depending on kind of where everything happens, you know, you may have to change your game plan a little bit on Sunday. But yeah, I you. I would think those first couple days, you're very aware of where that cut line is. You know, if you go out and you just play great, that's that's perfect. You don't have to worry about the cut. But on Friday, you better damn well know where that cut line is and make sure that you have the chance to be playing on the weekend. You know, Scott Stallings is 117. I don't think Scott's one. I don't think he's, you know, he's been playing better this year, but I don't think he's won for a while. So, yeah, at 117, he's he's got to make that cut. And then on the weekend, I think it's it's kind of see where where things are. And, and you know, so Piercy, the first thing he's got to do is make the cut. Nate Lashley's got to make the cut. Michael Thompson, didn't Michael Thompson win lately? He's probably okay. Uh, I think he, yeah, he won last year. He's He's good. You know, Camillo Villegas, um, he was playing on a medical. He's 129. You know, let's go Let's go make this cut. Ricky Fowler's 130. Go get in the playoffs. You know, and he chose not to play Fowler, last Fowler, week. That was... I think Fowler's fine because he's got 
one thing about Ricky Fowler, he's got top 50 all-time money winners, top 25 well, no, all-time I, money winners. So he's – but yeah, you don't want to burn these exemptions. You don't want to burn a year if you don't have to. And he wants to be in the playoffs, you know, so that's, the, that's you know, Chess and Hadley, um, you know, get in the get in the playoffs at 132. So um, it'll be fun. I mean, it's fun to watch who's winning the golf tournament, but it's really, I think the Greensboro is excellent where you, where you watch who's, who's doing what with regards to that, that 125 line. I think that's more exciting than, than probably who's winning the tournament. I think this is what this week coming up is, 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 and I know the words not doesn't exist, but this is one of my funnest, and I'll say the word funnest because I can. This is one of my funnest weeks of the year because of, of the scenarios that can happen on both the KFT and the uh, PGA Tour. Now, well, that's why I was going to say the, the Corn Ferry Tour, right? Here you go. Yeah, the, 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 so on Sunday, I actually, and I'll be honest, I watched more Corn Ferry and Barracuda than I did the WGC because, to be honest with you, I didn't even care about the WGC and that's just me because because of the, of the, of the scenarios that happen on, on both these tours for what we're talking about right now. But uh, there's a guy, um, I think his name is Taylor Montgomery. I think Montgomery. I've never yeah, seen well, this in all the years. You, you know who he is? Yes. So Taylor, yeah, okay. I, I know where, I know most of these guys, but Taylor Montgomery. So our, our buddy Cliff Vanetti in Las Vegas yeah. Um, taught, yeah. Taught Taylor. Taught Taylor from the time he was a little kid to probably his uh, first year as a pro or so. He went to UNLV. Um, his dad. Uh, his dad is the director of golf at Shadow Creek. Monty. They call him Monty. Um, he played for UNLV as well. He was on those great teams at wow. UNLV. So yeah, and uh, and Taylor actually. So I've known Taylor a little bit over the years. And um, I ran into Taylor at the US Open because on day three of the US Open at Torrey Pines, he played with Troy, he played with Troy Merritt. Um, Taylor's an up and coming player um, and he's doing well. So he's, you know, he's, I thought last he was tied second um, in Utah. I thought that would get him over the top. He's at 24. They take the top 25 guys. So there's one more week on the Corn Ferry, and, and he's got to go this week as well. But it was funny because I said hi to Taylor. Um, you know, I'm not usually on what hole was it? So at Torrey Pines, it's 16, the par three. So 14, I'm sorry. Yeah, 15, you play the par four, and then they had the tee for 16 kind of over on, on, a, on a different side. So he had to kind of walk right by, and there wasn't anybody out watching Troy Merritt and, and Taylor that day. Um, they sure. So so I, I held the rope up for his caddy and, um, and, and he – and uh, just said hi, and, and he started talking to me a little bit. And I said, "Hey, let's." You know, I asked him about you know where he where he was at on the corn ferry, and at the time he was in pretty good shape. But he's been kind of hovering around this twenty eight. And I said, "Well, go get it done, and I'll see you in Las Vegas on the regular tour." So hopefully he can get it done. He's a good kid. Well, the reason I brought it up is, and I've never seen this. So they're on the final hole um, in Utah, and he hits a he hits a good drive, and. He gets a brand new glove out for his second shot, and I've, I, I, it probably happens, but I've never seen it. He asks the caddy for a brand new glove. He gets a brand new glove, puts it on, and stretches it out a little bit, goes to get ready to hit a shot, then he calls himself off the shot and goes and gets the uh, wet the wet towel to to put the uh, the wet on the uh, on the grip, and then hits a perfect shot about 15 feet, makes a putt, and. Uh, and finish second, but I've never, I don't ever remember seeing a pro ever change gloves on the second to last shot or the last shot they're going to hit in a tour event. Have you ever seen that? Well, I haven't, but it just shows you what nerves can do. Yeah. Right. It, it shows yeah. you what nerves can do where, um, you know, maybe the hands didn't feel quite right. And I, I have, I usually chip when I do play. I, I chip with glove off, but there have been a couple times where I've been playing in something, and it's years ago, where I was a little nervous, and I chipped glove on so I could make sure I held on to the club. And so it happens. Um, for Taylor, he was probably, you know, he was 
probably trying to just somehow feel the golf club a little bit more. And it was actually his dad, Monty, was on the bag yesterday. Um, his regular caddy was off. So it was probably fun for his dad to be out there with his son and and watching him play great golf and birdie those last two holes to, 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 to run tied second. And, you know, now he's 24th. So play good this week and you've, you've, you've changed your, you know, you play good this week. And if you're in the top 25 on the corn Ferry tour list, you now have your regular card. You'll still go to these corn Ferry finals and play for position. Um, so there's a sure. lot of golf. There's a lot of golf in front of Taylor here the next, uh, you know, four or five weeks. Chris Schubert, you around shoe calling for shoe. Hello, gentlemen. There's shoe. Guys, guess what? Who you got? Oh, it's back. We're doing it again. Let's go. Who okay. you got? Yes, Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint is sponsoring. Who you got? Now, we used to do this just so people know. And you watch a lot of golf podcasts of people that do. People pick, you know. But this is something that we started two or three years ago. And we are going to start it back up today. And since Shu, I think you won the last event that we did this two or three years ago or whatever it was, 912 weeks ago or whatever it might have been. I have decided, and I haven't even asked Dolby, I'm a, I have decided that you were going to make the first pick on who you got on this podcast. Wow. Okay. For the Wyndham Championship. Yeah, Chris Schubert, who do you have? That's a lot of pressure to give me the the first spot. Uh, I don't even remember who I picked in the last time that we did this in order to win. Uh, but I'm going to go. Uh, with I the think guy. the last person you. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. If I remember correctly, the last person you picked when we had this radio show was Tom Watson. Was that long ago? Wow, that's that is long ago. That's uh, that's going way back. Look at Dolby. Look at <laughs> now. Look at Dolby right now. Look at Dolby. He is looking at the list of who's playing because he has. <laughs> He has no idea we were doing this. Well, he is there's right pressure. Now, he is fucking there's pressure. Somebody. He, he wants to win. He doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to finish in third now, here. He wants to pick up. He wants to pick a player to win. Look, he is. He is scrolling. There's a he tournament looking, this week. All right. So. <laughs> yeah, there is a tournament. Yeah, look at him. Look, he can't even see anymore because he's over fifty. All right, Schubert, who Josh do you got? Josh Teeter's first alternate. So there you go. <laughs> So uh, I'm well, picking a guy. Him if he's first no, won't, won't be taking him. Uh, guy, last time he played at this course, tied for third. Give me Kevin Kisner this week at the Wyndham. Kevin Kisner. All right. Going with Kiz. Dalba, do you want to go second or you want to go last? Um, I'll keep studying my field here. All right. So, so you went Kisner. I will kind of. Bounce off that, and I'm going to take Patton Kazire. Kisner and Kazire are off the board, Dolby. Look okay. at that clock. I, could, next week, hey, do me a favor. Can you have your wife, Amy, next week just turn the clock just a little bit so where people think it's a little bit different each and every week? No. No. We're good. <laughs> it's all good. We're fine. That's exactly. Oh, man. There are a lot of guys playing. Um Yeah. Yeah, there's 156 go, of them. I will go with another Kevin. He's a very good putter. Uh, we'll take Kevin Na to win. Okay. Uh, the Wyndham. Yeah, Kevin Na. So we got so we got Kisner, Kazire, and Na. That's the three picks. Yeah. All right. Hey, this is uh, podcast five is over. Um, Dolby, any uh, parting words before we uh, end this uh, this beautiful program that we've done tonight? Well, I'm still looking at this field, seeing if I messed up. But we'll go with Kevin Na. Oh, I should have taken my guy, Captain America. I Take know you're it. another one of your favorites. No, it's fine. It's fine. Not Na's a good pick. Um, yeah, I think it was a big week of golf, actually. And it was uh, there. There was a lot going on. It was fun to watch. And I did watch golf this week. Um, it was fun to watch different different stuff. Um, this week will be exciting with regards to points and 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 just those numbers and um i'm excited for taylor montgomery i wish god i wish he would have been able able to win and just be done but um we'll see if cliff's old guy can get it done next week all right for uh, sean crespin chris schubert
Cooper Dalby. I'm Bernie. Hey, my name was Brett earlier. Now it's Bernie. It changes every, but it doesn't matter. Call me whatever. It doesn't matter. Call me an idiot. But uh, thanks for uh, watching our podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hit them straight, everybody.